0: Your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola.
1: All right, welcome to a Friday of Lacrosse Talk PM. 608 785 7914 is the talking text line. I hope nobody is listening because they're all outside. Maybe you have a boombox outside and you're just listening to Lacrosse Talk PM while you sit on your patio and take in the, the great weather. And Dr. Anthony Tregoski on with me, UW lacrosse political science professor, Daddy Anthony Tregoski, I should call him. Hey, congrats, baby, one week old.
2: Thank you, Rick. Yeah. So baby Savannah was born last Friday at ten twenty a.m. Mom was a champ. Baby's doing really well. And I am sleep-deprived, so if I can just string complete sentences together while I'm on today, I'm going to count that as a win. I'm also going to count it as a win if she doesn't wake up while I'm talking and start just, like, wailing away.
1: It'll be great theater, I'll tell you. Also, also, we have to bring this up selfishly. I gave you every opportunity to not have to come on today. So I'm not making Dr. Anthony Chagosky come on a week into being a father. Also, when I talked to you like an hour ago, real quick, I was like, well, this is going to be low energy Chagosky. I could hear the like sleep deprivation in your voice. Are you a little sleep deprived with baby? Is baby keeping you up at all the hours of the day and night?
2: Yeah, you know, Rick, the crazy thing about having a newborn is that you live on like a two or three hour cycle. So every two or three hours, baby gets fed and baby gets diaper changed and then baby falls asleep. And then that's one cycle. And then two or three hours later, it all starts over again. So I've been telling people my conception of time is completely thrown off. This last week feels like a day, but it also feels like about six months. So I don't know at all. It doesn't at all feel like a week. The only reason why I trust it's been a week since she was born is because the calendar on my computer is telling me so. But otherwise, I just have no confidence in my conception of time.
1: Is Brianna, your wife, uh, just like sitting next to you, rolling her eyes because she's like, I did this for nine months and you're complaining about (laughs) one week of sleep deprivation?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, To you know, as, as a as a guy, there is nothing in my life to this point that makes me feel more like a wimp as a guy than watching my wife go through labor and go through giving birth. I'm like, wow, I could not do that. Like that was, and Brianna was in labor for 27 hours, and I'm like. Well, I feel like basically someone who is not being helpful and is pretty much a wimp when it comes to this whole giving
1: birth business. 27 hours? Are you great? That's insane. Okay, so while you're, I mean, you're coach, right? You're kind of there for those 27 hours, right?
2: Yeah, Yeah, I was there for the, obviously, like the whole 27 hours. And you are labeled what they call the support person in the whole giving birth situation. So the support person is supposed to provide encouragement and supposed to get things that the person in labor needs but ultimately, you're not doing a whole heck of a lot compared to what the person in labor is doing. So it's hard not to feel like yeah, I'm not really doing a whole lot here. I'm not, really the, I'm not really the center of the action at all. And I feel like a ginormous wimp because I definitely don't think I could handle what my wife is handling right now.
1: Now, when you're you're the support person, you have to get stuff that your wife needs while she goes through labor. I, if I only know this stuff through TV shows. I should probably just ask my mom when I see her this weekend, you know, what other things? What, I, ice chips. That was the thing that I, I remember, yep. like the husband. And that was kind of it. Like, what else? Holding your hand or just, you're doing a good job. Okay, we're going to breathe now. All that stuff. But is there is there any point where you're like, um, do you want a Snickers? Do you want, like, can she eat anything? I I suppose she could drink some water, have some ice chips, but that's it?
2: Yeah, Rick. So they have room service that you can order, but the room service menu on the TV is completely tailored to what you're allowed to eat. And it was the saddest menu I've ever seen, the menu that they had for laboring women, because it was basically, like, broth and very sad-looking sandwiches and like juice, and that was pretty much it. So let's just say the options weren't exactly appealing. But, but there were. And my wife just wanted to go to town on junk food after she <laughs> gave birth to baby Savannah, and I was happy to happy to assist with that one because it was not fun to eat the laboring women menu. That was not a you know it's it's not a four star restaurant kind of situation.
1: Okay, but there are sandwiches, so she can actually have like actual food. I mean. 20- 27 hours is a long time to – so at some point you're eating like a, a weird bologna sandwich or something.
2: Yeah, basically. They have basically plain sandwiches that laboring women can eat, but they're basically things that I could make. And if there's something I could make, they're not going to be very appealing compared to what someone who is, say, not in labor might be able to eat. So we went to a local sandwich shop after she gave birth and got her something like way better than she was allowed to eat. And I think that, uh, well, we also went to the Pearl and scored her a pint of the Oreo cappuccino ice cream, which was something she's been looking forward to for a really long time. (laughs) For nine
1: months. Um, Wait a minute.
2: That she couldn't eat during pregnancy, but things that she was really looking forward to eating
1: once she gave birth. Did you break the rules by getting an illegal outside sandwich to bring into the (laughs) the labor room? Is that what you just said?
2: In my defense, Rick, this was after she had okay, given after. birth. So okay, that's I fine. I was dispatched after the baby had arrived to okay. get lots of things that Brianna had really been wanting to eat prior to giving birth, but totally she wasn't sense. able to eat because she was pregnant and had restrictions on what she was allowed to eat. So oh. I went to about four different places after she went after she gave birth <laughs> just collecting different things that she wanted and then it was just like oh, game it, on. it was just like just like eating the e- eating the forbidden foods it was it was something that oh, I got she you. had been looking forward to forever
1: all these lines of questions are leading me to the one thing that i want to know during 27 hours did at any point daddy chergoski daddy anthony chergoski sneak out and get himself like a hot dog or something off the menu something for himself that his wife couldn't have he left his wife while she's in labor giving birth to his child but he had to go grab you know maybe a bag of doritos out of the vending machine and eat them in secret
2: Well, I made great use of the labor and delivery waiting room vending machine. Let's just put it that way. But I would never eat anything like that in front of my wife because can you imagine eating, like, Doritos in front of you? Not in front of her. You sneak out.
1: You sneak out of the room and eat some Doritos. Did you sneak out and get, like, like some, some chips in while she couldn't see you?
2: I snuck out and had a Dr. Pepper because I was absolutely exhausted and for some reason had the impression that a Dr. Pepper would give me a little kick of energy.
1: And uh, does Brianna know this and does she know this now?
2: I, You know, she might be just finding out for the first time right now and it was a big it was a big mistake that i made at one point during her pregnancy was getting some ice cream because i really wanted some ice cream but she couldn't have certain types of ice cream and that was like our biggest issue during her our preg- her pregnancy was you know me having this really awesome ice cream that she wasn't able to have i should not have done that i Oh, I, I take ownership and full responsibility of that mistake.
1: It would be something if during the 27 hours of labor, you left and went to the Pearl to get some ice cream.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you come back. Oh, yeah, yeah. You that, come back then, with a... Then the, then the divorce proceedings would have
1: started while she was in labor. You come back with like an ice cream stain on your shirt. What is that? <laughs> 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 That's uw LaCrosse political science professor, Dr. Anthony Jogoski, a week into his fatherhood. I, get a, I got a text here from Sam that says... Uh, As we're talking about this, she says, true, I was given graham crackers, but postpartum beef, potato, chocolate cake. I feel like those are two different things she ate. She may be beef, potatoes, and chocolate cake, or she put beef beef and potatoes on a chocolate cake, which you never know. We did this weird, you know, we tried to do a weird uh, pregnancy craving segment uh, early on, but Brianna wasn't too weird enough for it to be entertaining, but... Um, beef potato chocolate cake uh, from Sam during her pregnancy. Thanks for texting in. 608 785 7914 if you want to get in here. We'll continue uh, with Dr. Anthony Trigoski after this. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608 785 7914 is the talk and text line. UW Lacrosse political science professor and new father, Dr. Anthony Trigoski, on with us. We're, we're just spent the whole first segment just talking about being a new dad and not really being a new dad, but uh, you know the the process in which you become a new dad. I was trying to get out of you that maybe you snuck out to the to the hospital cafeteria and scarfed down a hamburger in the middle of uh, Brianna's 27 hour labor. and you didn't admit it. I don't know if it's true or not. I, I feel like maybe you could and you're just not gonna say that because why would you put yourself in that position? But Dan texted in. Uh, As we were talking about this, he goes, my wife was in labor just as long, so 27 hours. I left to go to McDonald's a couple of times during delivery. Dan, if your wife is listening, (laughs) I should give out, it's a 507 number. So anyone with a husband named Dan in the Minnesota area, this is a 507 number. I bet you might want to be asking him about this as you were in labor and he left. You remember when he left during labor and he was kind of gone for a long time? He was at McDonald's. (laughs) Do hospitals have McDonald's right in? That seems counterintuitive, counterproductive to have a McDonald's literally inside a hospital. don't feel like that's the healthiest of options.
2: Yeah, they have a mocha at Gunderson, which is really a great option. Because, I mean, it feels like it's not egregious to have that in a hospital, like having a a Dunkin' Donuts or a McDonald's would be, but you can still score some kind of junk food from there. So it all kind of works out, and we all love Mocha, right? It's a nice local chain.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, let's get into something. Uh, let's just get into some of these weird things that I I, I don't I don't see how much politics. So there's not a lot of politics going on except Roe versus Wade, Anthony. And I don't really want to do uh, an abortion show with you because we're both a couple of guys and I don't feel like it's my right to um, talk about this at all until I have a female on. So if you want to throw Brianna the phone as she just had birth, that would be weird. But I did see this story. I sent this to you. Um, So, so we have a couple of Goodwills in town. Uh, Somebody had a Goodwill store. uh, They, they bought a statue like this. It's kind of an ugly statue, uh, And and it turns out it's just a it's a it's it's a head, right? A a bust, if you will, of uh, some some dude. And uh, they bought it for thirty five dollars at Goodwill. First of all, I mean, if you're buying this like cement bust of of somebody at Goodwill, are you paying thirty five dollars for it? It's just an ugly all white statue with a, you know, one of those Goodwill. We'll put the thirty five sticker on the cheek. Thirty five (laughs) dollars seems like a lot for a statue, don't you think, Turgoski?
2: yeah I mean, I don't know that I would pay thirty five dollars for anything at Goodwill, right? It'd have to be a pretty darn good item for you to go to Goodwill and drop thirty five bucks on an item.
1: yeah, maximum max. what's the max we're paying for anything at Goodwill? I mean, I feel like a nice love seat at goodwill thirty five dollars. It would have to be really nice though, because if I'm buying furniture at Goodwill, uh, you know, it's thirty five dollars is probably a, about as much as I'm willing to pay. Um, and I don't think anything above that should be even sold at Goodwill. I mean, the, the TVs that are there, are like they, Goodwill doesn't even take those old CRT TVs, right? The big squares. Um, but yes, this bust ends up being from the first century. It's time from the first century, a little before BC or early AD. That's how it's described in the story from Oregon live, the Oregon, uh, newspaper there in Portland. Um, I I, I don't even it's it's priceless they don't even have I'm like well how much is it worth it's worth everything and nothing it's priceless because it's so old and and like it's I don't know it's like it's this Roman statue that that made its way to Texas and someone in goodwill in Texas bought it for 35 bucks and it's like this major historic piece of uh, piece of art.
2: And, Rick, when you look at the picture of it, by far the best part of the picture is that yellow Goodwill price sticker right on the cheek of this priceless Roman bust from Germany. So, you know, this uh, this piece of art, this piece of history that is, you know, you can't even put a price on it. Like, it's impossible to even fathom the value of this piece of art, this piece of history, and uh, there's the goodwill right I mean,
1: sticker right on the old cheek just think about it a piece of history a bust of and it doesn't really have a name it's a portrait of a man is i guess what it's called i believe portrait of a man that's you know that's the mm-hmm. the greatest name of something it's a bust it's all it's like yellowy white right cuz it's 2000 years old and it made its way from <laughs> greece or rome it made it it's made it way in 2000 years since before jesus christ was born it made its way from greece rome wherever over there to an a, a goodwill in austin texas and somebody bought it for 35 bucks and then the picture the picture is yes there's a goodwill sticker on his cheek but also it's in the passenger seat of their car and he's got the <laughs> seatbelt out. on it so one seat buckle goes under the chin and, a, and the other one would be like on your neck or like like a little under your neck the, the bust is a little longer than what you would think um, and so he just buckles this two thousand year old priceless piece of Roman art that's made its way to Austin, Texas at a Goodwill. It's just in the passenger seat in a seatbelt. How would you even? How would you even discover like that? It's this thing. I, I wonder. You know, like you get into the deeper realm of the story and like because if I'm buying that at Goodwill, like first of all, like it's probably just I'm never touching it again. It's a stupid bust of a head.
2: Yeah, I mean, you look at it, and you're like, "Whoa, why on earth do I need this thing? Like, you see all kinds of strange stuff at thrift stores, right? My wife works at a thrift store, and there's all kinds of things that get donated some of it is incredibly weird. Some of it is quite valuable. So, I mean, it is the case that people do donate things to thrift stores that do sell for hundreds of dollars. Now, I don't know that the thrift store that she works at has ever had a Roman bust from 2,000 years ago. But, Rick, like you said, isn't it the ultimate insult to the guy who is who the bust is modeled after that, you know he 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 made it his 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 likeness made it 2000 years only to have a thrift store in Texas stock his bust with the price sticker on his cheek and he is secured into the seat by a seatbelt around his neck
1: <laughs> yeah and some Nissan Maxima it's in a, it's in, <laughs> and it is it's in the front seat like so, the guy the guy knew enough to like. Hey, I got to buckle this in. I can't lay it in the back seat. It might roll <laughs> roll up the yeah, seat. Don't the, lay it
2: down. It yeah, might roll up might the seat and,
1: and break in half because it is. It's it's probably pretty heavy. It's probably a pretty bulky, heavy statue um, uh, portrait of a man. Just Google uh, Google Google uh, Goodwill Roman statue Texas, and you can check out this picture. They bought it for not even thirty five dollars. They bought it thir- for thirty four. Ninety nine. So that was one of the that was one of the weird, weirder things that I saw um, in this in in my week of, you know, I didn't bombard you with stories too bad this week because usually I do that because we're, <laughs> we're just always accumulating things that we want to talk about. I do want to bring up this other thing that I sent you. You as a professor now, we're talking to you to be a lacrosse political science professor, Dr. Anthony Chagoski. And um, it, it's just a tweet, and it says, whenever I'm sad, and it's a picture of a cake, and it's uh, a pretty cake, and it's got three-month anniversary on it, and it's, it's just a little cake. And the tweet says, whenever I'm sad, I just think about this one time, sophomore year, when a girl gave my teacher this cake to commemorate the three-month anniversary of us turning in our essays that still haven't been graded yet.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so this one hits home to me because, I try to get my students' essays back in a timely manner, and sometimes that is a goal I have that I am unable to achieve. Now, in my defense, Rick, I have never, ever taken three months to give essays that are graded back to students. Now, if it did take me that long, I would Deserve the cake, you know. I, I would deserve the humiliation of having the cake say, "Hey, it's the three-month anniversary of you receiving the essays that you have not given to us."
1: Yeah, three months is almost the semester, right? The semester is only yeah. about four and a half months, I think. So, yeah, the the idea that a professor would hold on to your essays and probably a major part of your grade for three months, and you have no idea if you can slack for the rest of those tests—it's actually kind of genius by the professor because you're like, if I withheld the early essay that I made you you turn in, you have no idea what grade you're gonna get, but it's gonna be like twenty percent of your grade. Everything else you do beyond that, you know how much effort you put into that essay. So you know how much effort you need to put into the rest of those tests.
2: Yeah, Rick, and I mean on that note, we're just about done at UW lacrosse for the semester this was the last day of classes for spring semester today, and then students have their final exams next week. It did throw a little bit of a curveball into (laughs) my whole semester by having this whole, you know, this whole having a baby thing. Uh, But it was, I would say, a successful semester because this is the first time that students had a sense of normalcy to not have to wear masks in class the whole time when we had really low levels of COVID. Now, obviously, that's changing because the levels of COVID are rising, but hopefully, the semester ends before we do get a lot of spread on campus. So, I just feel really good for the students that they were able to have just like a taste of normalcy. And uh, they were champs this semester. We have a lot to be proud of in this community with the students at UWL and all of our schools in this area. They did a great job this semester of putting up with, like, a lot of different changes and a lot of unpredictability. And so they are going to be finishing up their classes. And then a week from Sunday, we've got the commencement Uh, ceremonies at the lacrosse center. And I always look forward to those uh, because it's just a great moment to see the students be recognized for all their hard work. It's also a great moment to see the challenge of pronouncing (laughs) everyone's name correctly by the announcers at commencement. And I'm always amazed because I, you know, out of, in a class of 30, I usually butcher about half of the class's last name, and we have Terry Workus and his wife at UWL who do the announcing for our commencement, and they nail basically all of the names, and I'm like, how do you do that? I can't even get through a class of, like, 20 without making a fool out of myself and pronouncing the names of my students.
1: Do you get them right by the end of the semester, at least? Eventually?
2: For sure, Rick, for sure. And by the way, Rick, the other thing, we had the mask required. The other thing about that, we had the mask requirement removed about halfway through the semester. And so I had to learn their names like twice because I had learned the version of students where they are wearing a mask and I can kind of see half their face. And then I had to learn the version of students where they're not wearing a mask. Oh, and yeah. so it was like learning their names twice because I'm like, "Oh, wow." You look a little different without your mask on.
1: Oh yeah, I know. I know people that they, they work in retail, and um, the whole time that some of their hires had masks on, and then all of a sudden the mask came off, and they had to. Oh, I've never seen your. I've never seen your face before. You're, you know, we don't have to wear masks in the store anymore. It was really funny. That's UW Lacrosse Political Science Professor Dr. Anthony Trzegowski. All right, we got to take another break. Scott's comment coming up. Brad doing the news. <laughs> Do, 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 do. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk, BM 608-785-7914 is the talk and text on UW Lacrosse political science professor, Dr. Anthony Chagoski. I'm with me. We're going to talk a little bit, a little bit about not Roe v. Wade per se, but like the, the political impacts of that because the, the 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 political science of it, right? We'll do that in a second. But number three is calling in. I know he tried to call in earlier and I didn't, I missed him. So number three, oh, no, oh, God dang it. I, now I hung up on him. Number three, call me back. I'm sorry. I did the, I had to put Trigoski on the line. And when I did that, I hung up on number three. But Anthony is there. Hi, Anthony. Hello, thanks, Rick. Thanks for calling in. Okay. So before number three calls me back, I'm sorry again. Um, we didn't do this when we were talking about your, your, uh, having Savannah last Friday, your, your wife Brianna having your baby Savannah. Um, top 10 baby names of, of 2021. We're going to get to that. Now, number three is back. So in a, number three uh go ahead i'm sorry i hung up on you you're on the air now feel free to that's
3: all right rick you have hung up on me before that's okay i
1: know this is a fair game i probably once a week i do it to you. all right what do you got
3: anyway i see we're spending another quarter of a million dollars for huska park for the homeless people putting in electricity and porta potties and we're going to reseed it when they're done now i hear the other day that uh the disposal plant down there, what I call the poop plant.
1: Yeah, they'll put a fence around it, I think.
3: They want to put a fence around it so you can't see in it. Well, there's been an eight-foot fence with barbed wire down there ever since I can remember. But now, if they put a fence up around it with weaving in it so you can't see inside, the fire department will not be able to see inside if they have to come down there. So they're going to have to cut... A hole in the fence. Okay. Now, I wonder if they had problems last year, or they expect problems this year with the homeless people trying to get inside the fence.
1: Um, I'm, I'm so there's there. You said there's already a fence around it.
3: Oh yeah, there's been a fence around there like Fort Knox for years.
1: Yeah, that's what I thought too. I believe yeah. Um,
3: it's got the barbed wire and everything on top. It's a nice fence. I mean, just keep honest people out.
1: As far as I'm concerned, mirrors on Monday, so we could ask him. I don't have an answer for you.
3: On Monday, maybe he's listening to
1: me and can give you the answer then. Well, well, well you call him Monday because he's definitely not listening. I'll tell you that. Well, is he? <laughs> no, he's out oh, <laughs> kissing babies or something.
3: Yeah, yeah, for
1: sure. Well, he's at Trigoski's house kissing babies. Thanks for the call. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, yeah, I don't, I, I, I'm not even going to try to pretend to know why we would build a fence when there's a fence and then cut a hole in the fence so the fire department can see. Um, just look for the smoke, I guess. But uh, all right, top 10 baby names your Savannah comes where on this list and this is last year's list. Cause obviously 2022 isn't done yet, but where does Savannah come? Uh, you know, did you, did you think about, Hey, we need to get off the top 10 list if we're going to pick a baby's name?
2: Yeah. You know, Rick, it really was just a matter of my wife and I finding a name we could agree on. And there were only two names out of the entire universe of baby names that we were able to agree on. And we could not agree on a single boy name. So we were relieved just for that reason when we found out that we were having a girl. So Savannah was one of two names that we could agree on. It has no significance in terms of our family. It has no significance in terms of anyone we know who is named Savannah. It is purely just one of two names that we both found acceptable.
1: I have a cousin named Zerlina. (laughs) I I don't
2: think that was on the top 10, Rick.
1: And the story for uh, my aunt and uncle discovering that name was that they walked through a cemetery until they found a name they liked. No idea. <laughs> well, that's one way to do it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I just I was like, I, and and maybe, I I, I I don't know. That's all I got. I just, it's a weird story, and her name is Zerlina, and for a while, when growing up, my dad would call her Big Z, but then, you know, the, at some point in a girl's life, you just don't call girls Big Z anymore, right? Like, you don't call them Big Anything. You just don't say that anymore. Um, all right, so top 10 baby names. I'll just do top three men, uh, boys. Uh, Liam. Which seems, Noah and Oliver? Those all seem like terrible names to me. I'm sorry for anyone that's named that. Now, I, uh, Liam, like Liam Nielsen, Nielsen the, the actor, right? Noah, like uh, built the ark, and Oliver is uh, I, Oliver. I'm sorry, Oliver Twist. <laughs> Oliver Twist, right? We're going back to not two thousand years, but you know, maybe fifty. And then uh, top female names. So these aren't these the top two aren't bad. Olivia, uh, number one. Emma, number two. And Charlotte, number three. Now you told me in the on the break that Charlotte was a possibility? Who, you or Brianna was going to pick Charlotte?
2: Yeah, so essentially having lived in North Carolina for a long time, oh. we lived in North Carolina for five years. We were looking at North carolina theme names. We looked at every city in North Carolina, every county in North Carolina for ideas. We did consider Charlotte. We thought it was a little too old school. And that does seem to be the theme of some of these names, Rick, like There's Henry and Theodore on the list of boys. There's Elijah and Noah. And there is Evelyn and Harper on the list of female names. So it seems like some of these older names are making a bit of a comeback.
1: I will say that part of my, like, what are you going to pick as a kid's name is, like, what other names can come of that. And mine is the worst because it's Richard, and you know what Richard turns into sometimes. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, anytime someone calls me a dick, I go, "It's Richard," and um, and that happens all the time. Don't believe me. But uh, you know, w- with Savannah, do you call her Hannah? Do you call her Sav? Savannah There's no. There's no. What's the short version of Savannah? Because you got to call her something. You got to give her a short name.
2: So Bree's stepdad did suggest Sav. I have proposed Vanna, uh, and we will see what happens, right? I, I think it's too early to tell at this point. Like, maybe when she's one years old, we'll see, hey, she looks like a Sav, or she looks like a Vanna. <laughs> I don't know what she looks like at this point.
1: Uh, I think my dad my dad would probably do, like, Savvy Lou. Savvy Lou! Come here, uh, like he would just give her an extra nickname, is what. That's how that works too. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. We're with UW Lacrosse political science professor and new dad Anthony, Doctor Anthony Chagoski. I believe uh, caller calling in. Caller, who's this? Uh, this is Paul. Hey, Paul, you're on the air. Go ahead, man.
0: I have a question for the professor, our political science professor. So, um, as I understand it, the Roe v. Wade decision is considered a shoddy decision since there is no constitutional. Um, right to an abortion. And even Joe Biden is on record as a senator as being against Roe v. Wade. And so I'm just having trouble. It, it seems like the Supreme Court is about to fix this error that's been in place for the last 50 years. So I'm interested in um, um, Dr. Trigowski's, um view on why there are so many people, in particular Democrats, that are just becoming hysterical about this, because all this would do if it is overturned, as I understand it, is it just lets these decisions be decided by all of the 50 states, and that would give people an opportunity to vote and contact their state representatives so that abortion laws could be tailor-made to whatever, you know, in 50 different directions, so that um, the people would have more of a voice on this. So can you comment, um, Dr. Chergowski, about all that hysteria that's that's out there right now?
1: All right, uh, Paul, thanks for the call. I will say, uh, I don't know if Paul was making a great case. Hey, we're going to make uh, abortion uh, run, uh, run around 50 different ways, and also we're going to have states decide what, what it is a woman wants to do. But, uh, Chagoski, what's the impact politically? It's really weird that we take something uh like women's rights uh and, and the government getting into the hospital room, but we make this very political. Uh, uh political impact of this coming into the midterms, I mean, is it almost it almost seems like uh it's by design.
2: Yeah, it's I mean it's a really good question because as if we kind of take a very literal view of the Constitution, there is no mention of abortion in the Constitution There isn't anything directly related to this issue. Essentially, Roe versus Wade is based on this idea of a right to privacy. And a right to privacy is something that. You know, the, the proponents of it say you have to kind of read between the lines of the Constitution, that if you look at different parts of the Constitution, there's a common theme of privacy, certain spheres of our lives where the government cannot interfere, where the government has to leave us alone. And that is the logical basis for Roe versus Wade. So essentially, it rests on the idea of do you take a very sort of Fourth, do you take a very literal view of the Constitution where, hey, it says what it says, and if it doesn't say something, then that is something that is not really protected by the Constitution? Or do you take the view that, hey, if you kind of read between the lines, piece some different parts of the Constitution together, then maybe there are some things that the Constitution protects, that it just doesn't right come right out and say and that's the whole idea with the right to privacy now certainly there is controversy about that and there's a vigorous debate about that but that's really what this is about at its core and and so i think the caller makes a a really offers a really good question you know it just depends on your interpretation of the constitution and there are smart people who interpret the constitution in different ways some say look if the constitution doesn't directly say something then the Constitution is silent on that issue. And that's kind of what they mean with the Alito version of saying, look, there's no right to an abortion in the Constitution. Or if you have this sort of read between the lines, piece different parts together of the Constitution, say, hey, you piece different parts of the Constitution together, you read between the lines, there's a right to privacy, then... The Roe versus Wade ruling makes more logical sense. So it depends on your method of interpreting the Constitution. There are smart people who interpret the Constitution in different ways. The cynical view, the cynical element of me would say that people interpret the Constitution according to what their political motives are. And, uh, I'll just kind of leave it at that in terms. <laughs> Of speculating on what the motives of certain Supreme Court justices might be, and how they interpret the Constitution in different ways,
1: and we could get rid of all of this, right? If the Senate decided to what is it codify or codify Roe v. Wade? I, I guess I don't. I don't remember how to pronounce that. I read it all the yeah. time.
2: Yeah, yeah. It just means saying, "Look, this Supreme Court ruling is now an official law." right now roe versus wade is just a court ruling that people have to abide by it's not an actual law but you could pass a law that essentially says look this roe versus wade ruling is now a law passed by congress signed into law by the president that hasn't happened. It won't happen because the Democrats don't have the votes. They're not going to kill the 60-vote rule. They're not going to get rid of the filibuster in order to do that. They just don't have the support. They could do it if they did have the support. That would be subject to a court challenge. I don't know how such a court challenge would turn out. But that's obviously something that the states could do. I mean, this, the like the, the caller said, the states could certainly go their own way on this issue, and I expect that's exactly what's going to happen if this ruling comes down the way we think it's going to.
1: Yeah, and some... You
2: know, Rick, you posted something on wisdomnews.com about how Minnesota and Wisconsin could go in dramatically different directions on abortion, and (laughs) that's probably what's going to happen.
1: Yeah, Minnesota becomes a, like, a safe place for women to get an abortion, and Wisconsin reverts back to the year 1849, where rape and incest doesn't matter, whatever it is, it's all banned, you can't get an abortion, good luck, moms. Um, or not moms, um, 608 Well, it was just a couple of minutes here. I'm, uh, it's going to be too late to call, but, um, yeah, the, the idea too the, the, the Senate's got to bypass a filibuster. I mean, that's always kind of just, I mean, the, the, I always call him president Joe Manchin because he, he just gets to decide what the Senate gonna, and if the Senate isn't going to do something, everybody else is powerless to do anything. It's just that uh, one guy in the Senate decides for the whole country. It seems ridiculous. The one guy in the Senate's going to decide, and then v- therefore nobody else can vote. But even if they passed it, the, Joe Manchin wouldn't, wouldn't vote for the thing anyway, right?
2: It, yeah, that's right, because Joe Manchin is one of the very few Democrats left who would not support such a proposal to, as we say, codify Roe versus Wade, to say that people do have a right to get an abortion. There are extremely few uh, pro-life Democrats and pro-choice Republicans. The parties have almost completely polarized on this issue. There used to be a lot more of a mix where there were Democrats with diversity of views on abortion. There were Republicans with diversity of views on abortion. But what has completely changed in politics, Rick, is now Democrats are almost uniformly one way on this issue. Republicans are almost uniformly one way on this issue in the other direction.
1: Last thing, and we only get a minute here. The the idea that Republicans are mad that this was leaked, this decision, and uh, the, the Supreme Court leaked it. Uh, I my theory is that it was leaked by somebody that leans republican because if this was leaked maybe 2 weeks before the election or a week before the election or a day before the election that would be worse for republicans but is there a is there a political science uh meaning to if this was leaked if this is if this is this leak is good for left or right people for democrats or republicans in terms of the getting out to vote
2: Yeah you have to consider the motives of different sides. And for the liberal side, it might be to raise public awareness, to raise public alarm. So that is the case for saying that it was a liberal side of the spectrum that leaked this document now the case for the conservative side is that hey maybe there were some conservative justices who were getting a little wobbly about overturning roe versus wade and you wanna up the you wanna up the pressure on them to stay solid say hey we've got a ruling that five of you have signed on to and now everyone's gonna know if you have flip-flopped on this issue because this is something that five have agreed to, and if all of a sudden the ruling comes out and there are not five people on board, hey, we know that someone got wobbly on this issue. So could all go right. either way. I don't know who leaked this, but it could go either way.
1: All right, that's all the time we got. Thanks a lot, Chagoski. Thank you. All right, we'll see you. Have a good weekend, everybody.